Street Fighters, what's up? Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, we're glad that you're here. It's Wednesday night, time for a regular-ass street fight, just Brian and I. Like the old days, we started this thing out eight years ago, yelling at each other's face. So we're down here to do the same, like old school. Uh, thank you to everybody that listened to my interview with Antonia Crane, Antonia Crane. Uh, that was a really good and informative episode. Go back in the archives if you didn't check it out. Soldiers of Pole is a great organization. I suggest you sign up for their email list. Also, thank you to everybody that uh, messaged us all about the Struggle Session crossover. It was one of our biggest episodes in a long time. Uh, a lot of people loved it. We got a bunch of response, a lot of extra downloads. So. We're always happy to have Jack and Leslie on the show. And uh, to those of you that came out to Chicago, that was a real big moment for us to hear the KJB chant instead of our uh, intro music. Also to see how excited Leslie was to come out to uh, Love Sosa by Chief Keith. So let's do this shit. Street Fight Radio, you want more of what we do? You want to support this thing? Help us spread this mess across the U.S.? Head over to patreon.com slash Radio where you can find more bonus content including live video live extra audio and bonus zines all right how you doing brian oh i'm good i'm great i'm feeling good that was a good time with jack and leslie it was a lot of fun we had a lot of fun jack is going to be on shocktober talking about howard stern so more jack on the uh on the street fight so there's that all right you know yes they were they were very fun to hang out with very funny guys, uh, very good on stage. If, if you're going to see them perform, if, if they're coming to your town, if they decide to do something, which I believe they will be doing more of after this thing, uh, go see them. They're great. They're they're very funny dudes. They, they had us laughing. Yeah, they're extremely on point. You want to get to the uh, gift section here? Let's look at our gifts. We got some gifts. Uh, apparently, there's candy, which I would like a piece of to just start the show out would make me feel good actually yeah if you want to send anything to us to us it's p.o box 82306 columbus ohio 43202 we got this in the mail um we have something that we're going to do on the call and show this week someone sent them some music stuff so we'll get to that then so this says uh hey street fight crew i felt bad hearing y'all eating weird gross candy you didn't like i love you whoever wrote this guy gal or non-binary pal he, him, they, or he, she, they, him, her. Uh, thank you for saying that. You know, most people don't feel bad that we have to eat a bunch of gross candy, and they actually think it's cool that we have to eat a bunch of gross candy. And I don't like it. It's not fair. It's not. It's not part of the podcaster listener relationship. So this says uh, these are probably the two best gummy candies I've had in years. We do love gummy. We're a big fan of that. Hope you enjoy them. Solidary forever, Devin. Um, let me just say this too. Nick Weiger of the Doughboys, he doesn't like gummies. And I think it's a ridiculous position to take. And actually, when he says he doesn't like them, it pisses me off a little bit. It's like kind of one of those you, when people listen to us and we say bad stuff about like uh, uh, the clash. Same thing. When you say something about gummies, it's just too much. For yeah. Me. I mean, stop it. It's with, like you're crossing a line. Stop being too edgy. You know? Okay. So, what, <laughs> I, what I'm looking at right here, this is called. Uh, Gummy filled turtles. This is from the Berkeley Bowl Marketplace. Gummy filled turtles. So it's got like a creamier, like outside with a gummy center. And the gummy is very soft. Mm. 
These are very good. These are I got thirty assorted gummy fruits. Three D. And uh oh, thirty. Three D. I mean, I thought it was thirty different ones. They look like gummies, so I'm gonna eat these while we do the show. These are a little cre- these have like a creamy t- the outside is something that's closer to uh man, you remember those like sherbet flavored um what were those candies that were the the hard candies that were sherbet flavored? Wow. Forever ago. I hate hard candy. Ooh, buddy. Do I hate it? It's the worst. All right. You can try one of these if you want. This I like is too a much. good soft candy. All right. One more order of business before the street fight gets started here. The gummy turtles are good. It's like a little bit of, a, it's like a croissant or something or like a, a cheese danish with a little bit of fruit on top. Oh, no. I don't like yeah. cheese danish. It is a little cheese danishy with oh, uh, fruit no. on top. Ah, oh, Jesus. This is the 3D gummy fruit. Now, this looks like this would, like some cheap-ass gummy would just be a half. It would just be flat on the back, mm-hmm. right? They took them together. They made it one, like, whole apple. Clear, chewy. The 3Ds are good. Uh, this is like, I would say this is almost fourth dimensional. The grape ones are really good. Grape is a good flavor. So You want some of that, Jason? Candy, man. We're all candy people here. Okay, so before we get this started, the other thing I wanted to get to is, uh, you know, from time to time, we do a Street Fight fundraiser, and right now, Kayla Wilson, one of our favorite hairdressers that will one day give me unicorn hair, uh, has moved to Philadelphia, is in dire need of some help. So if you want, I'm raising money for Kayla right now. Just just send money to the Street Fight Venmo, at Street Fight Radio on Venmo. Um, we're going to try to get her rent paid and uh, make sure that she's not in dire straits right now. It's tough to move to a different place, especially in her situation. I know people in the Facebook group have been keeping up with it, but send money to at Street Fight Radio on Venmo. I want to get that rent paid. Please make this uh, happen. All right, let's do some fucking radio, man. Fuck yeah, it's street fight time. It's time for a street fight. I'm about to bubble. Um... So, I have had this story since August 26th. Sometimes you just don't get... Or April 26th. Jeezy peasy. I don't know where I got this one. Uh, But it's been in the dock for quite a while. And uh, I'm just gonna... Just gonna... It's a CBS News story. And uh, I'll read the bullet points here at the top. Which will probably give you an idea of what we're talking about. Amazon uses an automated system that tracks warehouse workers' productivity. And... And here's where the problem comes in. It can issue termination notices if they miss targets. Amazon says it is absolutely not true that the software alone is responsible for firing workers, noting that managers may intervene in dismissals. Union leaders are also expressing concern about how Amazon's move to cut delivery times from two days to one will affect workers. Now, so basically, the numbers print out. There's a piece of paper that suggests you for termination. Your boss can be like, "Oh no, not them. I guess not them." Right? Do you think that happens often? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I just imagine you don't want to question the numbers because they put a lot of money into the numbers, and you're a rabble rouser if you do. Right. Like most jobs I've been at, there's all there are always arguments about the numbers. Right? Like I've never worked at a place. Where the people were like, oh, the numbers. Yeah, those are great. Like, the numbers are good. Number one, at a place like Amazon. And and the first thing, I, I, I think there's two things we need to tie together when we talk about this. Okay? There's the, there is the third thing that, that I mentioned. Union leaders are expressing concern 
about how Amazon's move to cut delivery times from two days to one day will affect workers. And then just to repeat myself, and, and the first point is Amazon uses an automated system that tracks warehouse workers' productivity and can issue termination notices if they miss targets, which is to say they are going to keep ratcheting this number up. I mean, I, going no, from two to one is going to require a lot of extra effort. Well, and I mean, that's a day, lot. One day is unreasonable no, to me. No one should have stuff the next day. You, exactly. should, you go to the store. You can go to fucking the store and you can get whatever you want in one day. You're allowed to do that. I'm yeah, not going to yell at you for that. I go to the store every day. We've talked about it. It's a problem I have that a lot of other people have, by the way. I have uh, gotten messages of support from people who say I also go to the grocery store every day. So it's just... You know, Brett thinks it's weird. Jason thinks it's weird. Everybody thinks it's a little bit weird. They're all wrong because I have uh, people who sympathize with me. But I don't I, – I think that, like, this system, this Amazon system, number one, we hear so much about people getting fired from this place. We hear so much about the numbers, right? And every time we hear one of these things, every time one of these stories comes out, whether it's some guy who has irritable bowel syndrome that's not allowed to use the bathroom, or it's uh, somebody who turned left on the warehouse floor instead of right and went oh, down the wrong aisle on accident. Worked himself to death. Yeah. Some of those people to meet the numbers, you know, avoided like nutrients and water. Yeah, and, and they're getting they're pissing in bottles. Amazon automatically denies every one of these things. When we read these stories, we always get to hear Amazon's side. And Amazon's side is always that this stuff doesn't happen. And I think, personally, like I think that I don't think that the managers have a lot of say in who gets fired. I've never worked at a job where my manager could save my job. My immediate manager at any place has never been able to save my job. Yeah, this was this thing is bullshit because if you've ever done this thing, it's like they just got rid of the person. Like the computer decided before it's just that fucking, you know, Ben had to come out and show me a spreadsheet and say that I wasn't doing enough and that I'm going to be fired, you know? Yeah. I mean, there there's it's just a matter of they just stopped having a person deliver the news. It's the computer is just like, this ain't going to work. Right. So The Verge originally posted this in an article called How Amazon Automatically Tracks and Fires Warehouse Workers for Productivity. Uh, another thing I want to say, and this is this is actually something I hear about on the road a lot. We, we hear this from people when they talk to us after shows. It, it, a lot of people who have gotten fired have gotten fired for productivity. And it generally feels like bullshit to them and and like it generally smells like bullshit and and a lot of times even in my mind a lot of people i know that have been fired for productivity i feel it's been bullshit because because i've never been fired for productivity wow <laughs> and, that and does see, say something it does, right be and and the reason why is something we've said on this show a million times. If those motherfuckers like you, they don't care if you do anything. They will do anything to keep you if they just think you're a cool person and they like you. 
You know, I'm serious. Yeah, we did. We've said it though. They made no, a fucking we, at your last job. No, I'm, I agree. I'm not saying real, I disagree. Yeah. I'm just saying we have a story about that. Actually, right. We can tell later. Like at your last real job, you fucking did nothing. You were fucking watching Breaking Bad. You watched a season of a TV show at work. You slept on a couch in the break room with another person. And you didn't get fired. They said, here's your new job. You're the social media guy. Because they like having you around. You know? And it happened to me all the time, too. It was like, oh, Brian, you know, you, I met at the cable company. There were many times I met the metrics to get fired. Because it was very easy to get fired. Your quality control scores needed to be under 98%. If you're under 98% for three months in a row, you get fired. And listen, if you listen to this show, you know that my quality control scores were not above 98% the whole time I was there. And there were multiple times that it was three months. And you know what they said to me? Brian, you got to get your shit together. You know, you're, you're really messing up. And you know, we ought to fire you, but we, we're not going to fire you. But then I saw other people who did get fired for the same thing like they have the power to decide like a, the, the hr department generally has the power to decide and it sounds to me like amazon is not a, it is like empowering a computer program and there's no way that a computer program can keep somebody that's valuable or who knows how shit gets actually done yes exactly metrics don't keep track of how shit actually gets done yes uh documents obtained by the verge show these productivity firings are far more common than outsiders realize in a signed letter last year an attorney representing amazon said the company fired hundreds of employees at a single facility between august of 2017 and september 2018 for failing to meet productivity quotas a spokesperson for the company said that over that time roughly 300 time full-time associates were terminated for inefficiency how many 300 full-time uh -huh. associates at the same facility. So, so the so turnover. That, yeah, that's a bit different, though. So this is basically, this is a matter of, um, like, beating the machine. Like, this is, they're just drawing a really wide net of people and seeing who, like, will work hard enough and has the extra, like, athleticism required to constantly be working while these folks below them are just churned the fuck out. I mean, that is a lot of turnover. Right. And we know where they build these places, right? And we know who works at these places. And basically what I think is that Amazon's just churning through all of the people in these little areas where they build their Warehouse. They built the warehouse at a place where they're churning through every single fucking person. And if you're just not this special, like, it, it, it takes... It requires a lot. It does. It's hard work. It's <laughs> not an easy fucking job. No. I mean, it really, it's a matter of, I mean, the jobs are well-paying for the area a lot of times. And uh, it's someone that's just determined to make it work. And... It requires, you know, that that's what they don't care about is they don't require what people are giving up in, you know, their life, their body, their nutrients, their water, their sleep, all of that stuff. They're giving up so fucking much. And those metrics don't keep track of any of that. There's nothing. A computer can't a computer so, can't decide what I don't think like you can really 
make a metric that every single person can meet that is a fair metric if you're making these deliveries go out in one day and yeah. not two. Oh, yeah. I think if this maybe was- if like a hundred people, maybe if the maybe if those three hundred people were still working there. Yeah. <laughs> right? You would need two crews. I mean, I uh it, it's like it, it's it is it feels weird. It feels like a game show at this point because it's like you can go get paid 16.85 at the Amazon warehouse, but you have to beat the system. Like you're like you're like you're like uh trying to beat the chess computer, right? You're like going up against you're John Henry at this point, right? Like you're going up against the machine that says I can I calculated that I can do it this fast, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and, you, you, right. <laughs> and you're like, no, I can beat that. I can get 110% on my QC so that I get that big race. Right. And I think the thing that concerns me a lot about it, <laughs> I, I think the thing that that points Amazon out as a particularly uh bad place for these types of things is that they built a warehouse in Columbus within five, 10 miles of where Brett grew up, which is, you know, 15 minutes from where I, we both grew up like kind of on the same side of town. And it built this thing in a place where there aren't, this is a part of Columbus where there aren't a lot of other warehouse jobs well, I mean, to if, work. Yeah, I you, mean, you know. Yeah, I mean and it's about the same far away as a lot of the other limited brands in Gap and Old Navy like they all are a little bit outside of town because people are traveling from rural areas to get to these jobs. And right, and, and these And it makes it's a little bit closer than putting them in like the heart of Columbus. Exactly. And we're seeing what what I see. I don't know if Brett sees it. I can't speak for him, but I am watching people churn like i am watching yes. that amazon place churn through people no, on my facebook feed absolutely like crazy, i see a lot of the uh i'm real proud to join the amazon team i'm gonna get this together like this amount of money is blah 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 and then like 14 months later nine months later it's just something you know metrics didn't oh, work I, god i got fired i couldn't amazon. keep up with the breakneck speed i mean i remember even when i was doing it for abercrombie warehouse for their online orders like doing pick and pack and stuff it was ridiculous pace to keep up with you know i only did what was required they wanted 90 percent, so i did like 89 but uh you know for everybody else it was just i I don't know how they could do it it it, it's like it's not doable The, the like this has to be slowed down we have to expect less we have to have like a a dinner table conversation with everybody about how one day because shipping is not exp- is not is not reasonable. What we're doing even, is not what what well, we're doing is not what we're doing now is not sustainable or reasonable and cannot be sped up. When I saw I saw a Walmart <laughs> billboard that said one day shipping, no membership required. Like they're just losing all the money that they can yeah. to try to get stuff to you the next day. Yeah, and I the system goes so far as to track time off task, which the company abbreviates as TOT. If If workers break from scanning packages for too long, the system automatically generates warnings and eventually the employee can be fired. Some facility workers have said that they avoid bathroom breaks to keep their time in line with expectations. 
Amazon says that retraining is part of the process to get workers up to standard and that it only changes rates when more than 75% of workers at a facility are meeting goals. Yeah. So basically, they're willing to change it to a point where they have to fire 25% of the people that work at the facility, too. Yeah. And I remember, man, there's just like, oh, there's just some days that you can really crush it at work and you can get in the flow and just get things done. But when they were requiring it all the time and you have nothing to do. It's those off days when they're like, no, we require 90 boxes per hour. And it's like, no one's making fucking orders right now. I can't even get it. Or like, I'm doing these gigantic things that are killing my numbers. You know, there's so many ways that metrics, ne- we, we have people write in and call in all the time about how metrics don't work. Well, and, and you're right about that too, that we have talked to a lot of people that work for like UPS or, or work for FedEx or Amazon or Walmart or, or any of these places. And, um, there is no allowance given to size of what you're dealing with. There is no like <laughs> a fucking treadmill is a box. Yeah. <laughs> and a fucking humble figurine is a box. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, these are all the pieces. same thing. They're just They're pieces. Piece per hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, for the, it, it says, uh, the names on the so basically uh, Amazon consistently terminates fulfillment center associates for failing to repeatedly meet the standardized productivity rates. The company's attorney wrote in a letter. Amazon terminated the employee. The attorney the that in a letter. Amazon terminated the employee. The attorney wrote for the same reason it has terminated hundreds of others employees without regard to any elected protected concerted activity. The former. So they're also using these numbers. To target union people uh-huh. like it is basically like if you're if they find out you're attempting to organize then those numbers become even more important sure and they become something that they're checking consistently right. and and i just know that like i've worked at a lot of i've worked at a lot of places that have a lot of uh uh requirements for the amount of work you're supposed to do whether it's a call center with six minute call times whether it's the cable company with the qc rates and the amount of jobs that you have to get done during the day and it is never fair it is it it is never fair to the employee what they expect in in these positions so uh yeah that that is amazon with a computer program that's firing people which is that is uh Here's the thing that, and can I can I say a positive for this? Sure. Can I just give a positive for the computer firing people? It uh um means that human resources is beginning <laughs> automated, and we aren't going to have them anymore. Hopefully, human resources loses their jobs. <laughs> so there is that. Uh, Google also has a new rule at their at their uh workplace in Silicon Valley. And uh, this new rule, I got this from um, hrmorning.com. I'm reading a lot of human resources news lately. Yeah, you're getting the insider stuff. Well, I am. Like, that's where I'm looking to find out, like, what these people are saying. Google has told its employees to cut out political debate and politics at work. Smart. The company put out employee guidelines last week, according to the widely published news reports, informing staffers that disrupting the workday to have a raging debate over politics or the latest news story does not help build community. Unity. <laughs> well, yeah, cost them money, really, is yeah. what they don't want to say. I would say that, like, convers- you're not working if you're arguing. 
I also think that like conversations like this do build community. Yeah. And one way that I know is that there is a community built around politics and and, and things the latest news story that has sprung up around this show, which is you know, people disagree with each other. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, actually, uh, there's a friend of mine that works with somebody that spanks their kid, and they have explained why they are, are against spanking their kids, and they still work together and get along, and they are a community of people that have differing beliefs and uh, are working on it together. Do you, you, know? you argue about with them about that, though, the spanking? I don't. It's not me. You're not a you're not a spanker. Oh, okay. Do they argue about it? Do, do they? No, do they, they don't argue. No, just tell. No, no, no. Just say what I think. But you just say what you think. But the other person has, like, you know, rethought it a little bit, you know? That's nice. Yeah. I would argue with it. Like, usually when it comes to spanking, I'm against, of course, obviously. And uh, Well, once you have them, though, you really want to spank oh them. I mean, more God, than anything, no. you just want to grab them by the arm, pull out a socket, and just spank them. Right. But that is, like, those impulses. That I know. It's the bad. Yeah. Guilty you have for. to go around it. Yeah. That's you a, have to one sidestep of those, it. That is one of those, like, you have these weird impulses as a parent to do some of the kind of same stuff that your parents did. Like, you well, start you just, to understand. Yeah, you, you could just shut this whole thing down right now. <laughs> just make it a ball of tears and like, you know, smacks. No, a lot of that stuff never worked. It doesn't. Like it like, definitely doesn't. I see people in <laughs> Target or some grocery store disciplining their kids in the way that I would never discipline, you know, a good slap, a drag, a yeah. yell, and at shit school. like that. I saw a woman smack her kid in the face at school. And uh, and that kind of reminded me, like, eh, I don't think that's gonna work for Charlotte. It doesn't know. it doesn't work for that kid. Doesn't work either. for that kid either, it right? It doesn't work for anybody. Right. anybody. I mean, but they're gonna I mean, they'll make it through. I mean, yes. some of us did get that and it will make you'll make it through, but it's like, fuck, that's just sucks it's, you know well it's it's a wild thing to do to hit a kid i think what stopped me because i don't think i was anti-spanking when katie was pregnant i i really don't think i was i didn't have a kid but what, really what yeah but i can explain like how it happened i i know the thought process that happened for me and that was um and i'm not trying to like louis ck this or anything but kids don't know anything they like don't they have not lived on this planet for very long. They've not experienced any of the stuff that we have experienced, right? So I just don't, They don't know no better. Yeah, I think I mean not hit, I mean hitting somebody, <coughs> the cops hit people for not knowing no better. You know what I mean? Like that's I'm not the cops. I don't want to be that kind of guy that just slaps somebody because it's like, "Oh, you you did." And and like when I was a kid, they would be like People would like when I was little and this didn't happen to me, I don't think very much. I, I can't like can't remember. Maybe I blocked it out. But I know that there were parents who would slap their kid for getting hurt. You yeah. know, like you burn yourself on the stove and they're like, God damn it. What the fuck are you doing? And give yeah. them a good slap. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> they just burn their hand on the stove. I think kids learn things just from like existing. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say she. My daughter definitely picks it up on her own. I've let her started crossing the street on her own, and she's so careful. She's way more like every time I cross the street, I'm too flippant about it, and I'm like, "You don't get to cross the street like this." It's only because I've done it for like 30 years now, but like you're still at the beginning, so you keep doing it your way. And like I spy on her from the like from the inside to make sure she's doing. And she's like on point, but like I didn't have to like because a lot of people are like. 
I've, I've heard that before. If, if they run into the road, they're going to die. So then if they run into the road, you have to beat the shit out of them so that they know the pain and they'll never do it again. It's like, <laughs> no, I think she understands that cars running over her is going to be a bad time. It'll kill her. Yeah. Right, you, always, you were the one, actually, and my kid was too old for this but there's, kind of advice or, or for this kind of logic. But Brett one time, I, I'll, I'll say it, like last year. I think it was last year when he said it. He said it a few other times, too. We were hiking, and we were at Land Bridge State Park in Kentucky, and we were way high up. It was basically a clip. It was like a land bridge, and we were standing out, and we're looking at Mount. It's the most beautiful view ever, but there aren't rails and fences because that would be stupid and suck. And, like, my wife and... Brett's wife and like everybody was like panicking because we had our kids up there. It had nothing to do with our kids. But Brett said something like, you know, uh, once a kid is like four, they know that if they fall off a cliff, they die and yeah. they don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you pretty much self-preservation. If you, I mean, especially if you, if everything's going well for you, like one of our kids, like, you know, self-preserve, you're like, I'm not getting fucked up on that shit. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I mean, they weren't going to jump off. I mean, Charlotte didn't even get close enough. I got closer than anybody else and everybody else was terrified. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kid, kids pick that shit up. They definitely do. No, they're smart. They are. Uh, relatively but like there smart. needs to be, there just needs to be some sort of outlet or a video game where I could just go like really wallop a kid. Like it's just an arcade video game with like a butt that you could spank with a huge paddle, like back in the old days. Le Something or, old school. Or like a VR where you can like cuss your kid out. Oh, like you could just did. run down the street, catch kids doing stuff, and you just grab them by the arm and just whap, 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 whap. And you're just running around. They're like fucking skateboarding on shit and you just snatch them off. Whap, 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 whap. Yeah, I need that release. Like there's something about it is like, I know it's wrong, but then I do see understand the urge. I always remember this, and I'm never going to forget this. And I, I don't even. I'm. I. You know what? I say so much shit on this show that it doesn't matter. My parents don't listen. Nobody listens. So who? Well, well, a lot of people listen, but nobody in my family listens or whatever. And um, when I was about nine, my parents maybe played baseball. Okay, and it was like not. It, it wasn't Brian. Do you want to play baseball? You think you think it'd be fun? Like if you if you play baseball, it was like Brian. You have to play baseball because all kids play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> and I hated it. Okay, like I did not like baseball, and um, I also was deathly afraid of tornadoes. Like to the point where, like, if that fucking siren went off. Or if the clouds got dark, uh, 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 one of my older sister's ex-boyfriends once told me that when the clouds get so dark that it looks like night, that's when a tornado comes. That's not necessarily true. Because, no, it like, sounds like a good, it's like very poetic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great storybook. You probably yeah, heard it in some Halloween book. And oftentimes during the summer, there are storms where the clouds get very dark. And I was just. I was convinced a tornado was going to hit me and kill me at some point. Never has, so I don't believe in tornadoes now. But there, I was saying, I, I was convinced of that. And there was this day where I was supposed to go to baseball practice. And uh, I was like, I, I ain't fucking going. And I hid under my bed, and I didn't go. Parents got home, and I got in trouble. They also had said, if you leave your baseball glove laying out one more fucking time, we're throwing it in a trash. Okay, 
So I left my baseball glove laying on the kitchen table. <laughs> I figured if they threw it in the trash, then I wouldn't have to go to baseball anymore. Boom, I'm out of baseball. I don't have to do it. And and this is something Brett's dealing with right now. But when you're a kid, and a lot of people don't remember this, a lot of people don't think this. There is an age from like six to ten where like you just only want to be with your friends. You don't want to fuck an appointment. You don't want to go anywhere ever. You yeah. just want to be at your house with your friends. Neighborhood kids. With the neighborhood kids. Yes, you're dealing with it right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my parents came home and they were like, Brian, your fucking glove is on the table. And I was like, well, I guess call coach and tell him I can't play anymore. My stepmom got mad at me and she pushed me. And then I kind of like, I don't know how I ended up getting down in my room, but I screamed out of my room. I'm, fu I'm calling child abuse. And she came in that room with a fucking with the white pages and just threw them at me and said, call them. <laughs> and it was like just this big moment. It, it was like this big moment that I Did you get hit about. with them? What? Did you get hit? Yeah, she threw the motherfucking thing at me and it hit me. And then she said, call them. I didn't call them because I didn't want to get taken away. Obviously, yeah. my friends lived in yeah, that house. Yeah, it's a big moment. Taken away. I go you haven't had that moment, but it, I'd hope to not have that moment. And it made me that moment, though. The entire time Gwen was growing up, like, sort of informed how I dealt with her. From that, like, moment on, it was just like, you know, I'm not going to fucking yell at this kid. There's no reason. It doesn't yeah. solve anything. And it actually just makes the kid hate you forever. Yeah. My, you know? Yeah. Well, my sister, she's harder than me. She broke the spanking system because one time my mom spanked her out of, like, frustration my sister turned around and laughed in her fucking face. Fucking Jason It was like me. the best move yeah. ever because it was just like, you don't have enough gusto to like, it's not doing anything. I can <laughs> I can sit through this shit. <laughs> fucking Jason actually taught my me. My sister's harder than me. That's true. Because Jason taught me that you're supposed to act like it hurts because it doesn't really hurt. And if you act like it hurts, then they won't do something else. So you basically, know what I mean? after that, though, my dad did one on each of us. And then it was like, never get caught again. Because yeah. that was like too much. Yeah. It was stupid. Like that set, that did set me straight in a way. Some probably conservative meme. One like real good spanking from your dad. I was like, I'm not going to get caught again yeah. on this shit. I was, I was always able to hold my anger in at that kid and there were times dude there were times where like you know my but face I remember would watching. like tighten up and tears would come down my eyes when i was mad at my kid you know what i mean yeah yeah and i somehow fucking handled not getting so oh mad, yeah yeah you know yeah you can still grab him real hard by the arm yeah or you can <laughs> just be like you know, I'm gonna well, like walk out of the room right now. You yeah, yeah, scream. yeah. I, I, I was a big believer when my kid was little. I was a big believer, and if you're gonna throw a tantrum, just go do it like somewhere where I'm not. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? I shut him down. Yeah, yeah. You're I shut more it out. of a dude though. Like I am you're more of a. Uh, uh, I don't want to say cop, but you're more of like the sheriff around the house than I ever decided to be. Cause I, I mean, you well, know, like I just figured I'm what I always tell her is like, nobody else in this house throws tantrums when they get upset about like having to do something or like going, no one else cries in this house when they don't get their way. So you can't do that. You like, there's other people here and you can't just cry when you don't get your way. There's no place in this world where that's acceptable. So you just cut that shit out right now. 
Right. My, if my, you have to brush uh, your teeth, it's either brush your teeth and go to timeout or brush your teeth and don't cry about it. Okay. That's the choices, right? That's good choices, though. Mine was always like, you got to do this or we're going to sit down and have a talk. Obviously, this kid doesn't want to talk to me. So. Yeah. Uh, we're, we are in full swing of school, though. School's school back. back for the year. Uh, um, yeah, it's... It's been a interesting year to me. I've I've gotten some really great gossip lately. New, I mean, first just, year of high school. First year of high school has the best gossip. A girl, a new girl who had a boyfriend who was a junior. She was a freshman. He was a junior. Uh, this was a very scandalous relationship within that school. She broke up with him because he tried cocaine. Okay. So <laughs> that's kind of that's the pretty wild. Good yeah. Rumor. Yeah. Like that's scandalous dude they are there's just so many and listen listen to me rich kid school yeah by the way we are not we are talking and and this is a great this is a great way to talk about this because a lot of conservatives talk about like inner city schools or they talk about these bad schools full of like you know they're, they're usually talking about black kids and stuff thugs like yeah and uh they're they're wanding them when they come into school, they're searching lockers. They're bringing the dog through the school to smell lockers and shit like that. And uh, arresting yeah. people. These right? rich kids are doing way more debaucherous shit. They get all the money for it. Right. And and and, and it, it is a good illustration of like how different the world is for people who don't have money. Because I know now, I mean, my kid is very honest with me. She tells me what's going on. She didn't like say names or anything. I don't have any names. I don't know who any of these people are. There's no names on this. And I would rather her not tell me the names because I don't want to know because I don't want to meet the parents and be like, oh, dude, your kid's on coke. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't want to be thinking about like your kid. I don't want to like have any knowledge of any of this stuff. I'd rather just like not know. And, but it really has me thinking because when I was in school, there were like also a ton of drugs and I went to, uh, not a rich school. No, I went to uh, a more, you would say sort of an exurb or, 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 uh, well, it's, it's every school kind of rural, but it, but people aren't getting arrested at the school that my daughter goes to and people weren't really getting arrested at the school that I, they were getting in trouble. Yeah. We, we they had were getting a, sent home. We had a sting operation at my high school with an undercover cop. Tell me how this happened. He had a relationship and shit with Some a girl on drum street shit. Yes. A tw- okay. Like a 27 year old fucking cop went in and pretended to be a student and got hooked in with all the drug dealers and did a fucking sting operation on them on like the class like a year or two ahead of me and this is like totally true do you absolutely have like any more details on it like i mean it was was he like a, i don't i wasn't around him it was like basically i was in eighth grade it happened to like you know before i went in ninth grade here's a question i have for that how could a cop ever be cool a 27 year old cop ever be cool enough to get in with the cool drug kids at a high school i, I, I mean, can't even do that well yeah you're not 27 right uh, okay uh, but 
I am way cooler than any 27-year-old cop. But you don't look like uh, a, a senior. True. Okay. You okay, got to have the fine. baby face. Okay. I mean, I hang around 20, 27-year-olds still got a little bit of baby face okay. on Okay. I mean, sure, it is absurd. I mean, you got to be like, that is that guy has five o'clock shadow. Like, literally, he came in clean shaven, and after lunch, he has a beard. I mean, I'm going to be straight with you. Nobody that's 27 looks like they should be in high school. Yeah, I mean, still... but they play them on TV, so we are accustomed <laughs> we are to TV it. Society. We are accustomed to it. We are, we are. That's but true. Sure, we do I learn mean, everything from look, TV. Seventeen-year-olds are look so young to me. Oh uh, my god! But yeah, somehow it did happen. It, it totally worked. Um, that never happened at my school. They brought the dog through, and they searched locks. That happened every single year. Yeah, they that, did that always happens. Yeah, they did that at our school. They brought the dog through. They searched the dog. I'm trying to think. The only time I know of anybody really getting busted was Jason. Like he was always getting in trouble. He got busted at a football game because he was drunk and he was sweating and it smelled like beer. <laughs> well, that's what he he said. He said the sweat was coming out of his pores and but it made him smell is, like beer. This has been like part of our the crux of our show though is that like Dare doesn't prepare these kids because they're all going to be doing it and then it's some end up in horrible situations. Like I don't I don't know. I don't feel like any school was untouched by this, you know, even like, you know, the religious schools are 10 times worse. Right. But I, I think the, I, I think the point I'm trying to make that I'm poorly making, though, is that like um, these schools are not looked at as crime ridden. Oh, the same way the oh, schools where right. they go and actually arrest. Oh, people. yeah. I mean, I think that all the time I'm committing felonies like all the time throughout the day. And it's like me. I'm the one that came to school on like felonious substances and picked up my kid. And I was here and interacted with everybody and no one knew fucking knew anything the wiser. But I'm like the danger here. I'm literally the one that like. Is is everyone's terrified of you know? But the, and and they also like tie things like funding for the school and and kids get their lives ruined before they get started. Yeah, because of this. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Yeah, there's no everywhere. school. To, there's no school to prison pipeline in your your neck of the woods. Yes, exactly. And it like to say to deny that that because ex- I see people deny that that kind of things exist or. A lot of racists will say that there is like a, a, a criminality gene. But the fact is, all these crimes are happening everywhere. Yeah. Like there's the same amount of crime everywhere. Now, when you start talking about robbery and things like that, murder, uh, um, home invasions and stuff like that, you're talking about crimes of desperation that are a different thing. You know, oh, yeah, like dr- that, that could probably be wiped out too with a little bit of money. Yeah. You yeah. know? But yeah, I mean, you're talking about drugs. Yeah. I mean, there's more money in the school for kids to spend money on drugs there. There's more, more money for hydro in your school than uh, the public school. Well, I've been given a lot of thought too about cigarettes, right? Like uh, ever since uh, we drove through Richmond, Virginia, we drove by the Marlboro factory. I think we drove by it, and I was kind of like, ah, you know, this place is going to go out of business soon. Kids hate cigarettes now. People, they just hate them. But they got all those motherfucking kids on those jewels now. Like, they got them. Like, the tobacco companies went and grabbed them. They still were able to get a hold of them and well, still get there's, money out. I mean, there's just, there's always a percentage of us that are going to do that stuff. I mean, there's just a 
I, I just am always the risk taker and I'm always the person that does that thing. So I uh, am just, you know, I'm not surprised that other people are because that just is how it's always been in my mind. Right. It just shows how capitalism, like, it, it's one of those, like, capitalism will find a way, you know? Like, like we're white, we wipe all these things out. Did we talk about I had me having a, a frank conversation with the kid about drugs at the beginning of the school year on the show yet? I don't know. Cause I would love to, I, I, I think it was, I think it's something that, that like, I don't think a lot of people would know, but, uh, I, if we talked about it, I apologize. You're going to hear it again. If we didn't, uh, here you go. Um, early on in school year, cause she's in high school, uh, every couple days she came home and talked about like people going to school high, which, is never gonna go away. That's like, yeah. Everybody went to school high when I was in school. It was well, no, a- it's not everybody. Okay. There's just a once again a certain population of people that will. Well, I, I, d- I did not them. go to school high. Okay, all, at all. So I would go to school high. So I probably just assumed it was a higher number. Of yeah, people I did not go. It was me. I didn't go to school high at all. Okay, and um, she was explaining to me that she's been now to parties. Where somebody brings a backpack with a little bit of alcohol. In. Okay. Okay. Standard. And uh, that makes me nervous. Sure. And we had this conversation on the road with Jack and Leslie too, that uh, it I don't like the idea of her drinking, like at all. Period. Like, it, and, and it's, it's prudish. It's very dicey. Right. And but it, it to me, to me, that feels very prudish because I am not that way. But I don't like the idea of anybody drinking. But I also realize that this entire world that we live in is geared around drinking. Yeah. Like, there isn't a thing. Like, nothing happens without drinking. Yeah, it's very common. What do you do when you go out and there's no drinking? Like, what what do you do? People get bummed. (laughs) Well, that's not even that they get bummed. They just stay home and watch movies or something. Yeah. There's no place. There's well, not a thing to do. And I think at this age, too, is just it's just scary because this is the worst times. This is the stuff that I remember that still makes me get goosebumps in the middle of the night. Or mm-hmm. like I wake up and just gasp and I'm like, you know, like I hated that I was in that situation, you know, or- it's it, in like the driving aspect. You know, I you know, it is it's a gauntlet. You know, it really is like. We don't talk about it and you can, your kid is just getting thrown in. Our kids are going to be thrown into it and then hopefully they make it on the other side. You and know? there's no way, there's no way to keep them away from it. I think yeah. that like people have a, people have an idea in their mind that they're going to be able to shield them from right. it until they get out of their purview. Stupid. Right. Yeah. And it just, it, even if you you have to micromanage not- their entire life. <laughs> yes. you do, if you are willing to micromanage their entire life, you can control what they do minute by minute. And right. If you can get them not to drink, right? Like if it, they're, you're still not going to keep them away from alcohol. There is going to be alcohol at places that they go. You can't, because I also, when you talk about micromanaging, I know parents that do that. And those kids are not happy kids. Oh, I know. No, you I don't. Know? I know. I, it, it's, it has its own issues, but I think it can, if it's with a healthy dose of like helicopter parenting, <laughs> you can make sure it doesn't happen. But for most of us, we 
are not going to be that way with our kid. Like there's just, that's not the natural way. I don't think it makes any sense. And, uh, you, you have to, I mean, I, you, you've had like a more honest conversation than what I got, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that helps. So I have this, I actually do have a fear. Okay. Like uh, I, I will say this, uh, I worry about my daughter going somewhere and deciding to drink with like other teenagers and especially teenage boys. And like, that is the thing that worries me. Like sure. I think about that, that yeah. keeps me up and I'm not a guy. I am very hands off. I'm like not a helicopter parent. And I think she's going to make all the right decisions. I think my daughter is at heart, a good person. I don't think she's going to drink or do drugs before she's, 18 or 19 and if, if she does uh that's where the conversation came in i was like listen i don't want you doing any of it i would rather you wait until you're old enough to deal with this stuff yeah but because of that fear that i'm talking about i told her i was like if you're gonna do anything can like just will you just do weed like <laughs> like just I, and I know it sounds stupid and it actually like to me coming out of my mouth even feels irresponsible. But like I I feel like I can't stop things from happening. You know, like the, I can't stop her from doing things. So I feel like, well, if I can't stop you from doing it, can I at least like steer you in a direction that doesn't make me uncomfortable? <laughs> You know? Sure. So it, it was just kind of one of those things. I mean, where it, I think, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not a matter of uh, getting it right or wrong. I think just keep talking about it. I, I've had conversations with her as well. And I think she's picked up on like, you know, uh, more than anything, you got to keep it together. I mean, you have to make sure that at the end of the day, you are still proud of yourself and what you do and that you you aren't like letting this make you be an embarrassment, you know? Yeah. Like this isn't something that's makes other people talk behind your back about <laughs> how you don't have it together. You <laughs> that's know? true. You don't want to do things true. that you regret. And, you know, uh, a lot of this stuff is not an excuse to do regrettable things at all, you know? Yeah. And it's just, and she's, but at this point she's so gun shy. Like, I don't, I mean, she's just so new. I mean, I was such a, I mean, I was youngish and doing some dangerous shit at the time, but like, you're just so new to all of this, especially, you know, when it comes to high school, it's a very different environment, you know, and, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting ride. Yeah. I can't believe that mine's going to do it someday. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is like an odd thing that you're like, almost, you go from uh, a kid and kids are relatively easy to handle. They're easy to fool. Uh, you can make them follow believe along. things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they they won't be able to <laughs> rent an apartment for themselves. I like like they can Eventually, she's going to be able to move out. You know. Yeah, you can say things like, "No, it's actually better to do it this way," and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Sure. An adult told me that, but with I'm all of a sudden now I live with a like. A grown person, person. Has adult problem. Yeah. An adult yeah. issue. Social things, you know, emotional issues, all of the big feelings, you know, trying to figure out. And, you know, I mean, me and you spend a lot of time on the show talking about that stuff. It is foundational. It does stick with you for a very long time. Uh, and uh, most workplaces end up being very close 
to a lot of that. You meet a lot of the same archetypes and everything, you know? You're right. Um, but, and, and there is, you know, things that, that, uh, you know, you have to foundational experiences that, you know, you have to work through in your life are going to happen. I do feel that too. I I do think like, uh, I, I said this to you recently, uh, when she was first born, they laid her on that little table and I stood there and looked at her and I said, some dude is going to hurt her feelings someday. Yeah. Or woman. Like at the time it was like, some dude's going to hurt her feelings someday. And now I look at her and I'm like, she needs some dude to hurt her feelings someday. Like it's yeah. just that's part of it. And I remember you just get through it. Sitting on my front porch, just blubbering and crying like a baby because <laughs> this girl left me. And you know, uh, I want my kid to have. I want that to happen to her. Instead of spanking, she can have that. That's her spanking. I mean, they I'm need gonna it. I'm gonna be peeking out and watching her bubbling like a baby and snot bubbles coming out. I'm gonna be relishing it. That's my payback. I mean, I'm gonna like sit next to her, <laughs> and I'm gonna like like kind of pat her back and be like oh man it happens to all of us it yeah, really it's does it's horrible yeah, so. it's not so bad really i mean that guy was probably worthless most people are <laughs> just yeah. keep well, it moving first of all i'm pretty 99 percent sure that i'm not gonna like her boyfriends because like kids that age are dork like just sure. dorks like i know she i know the guy she likes and they're dorks yeah. you know what i mean okay like on dad. TikTok, I see them. Okay. No, they're just dork. I don't think they're bad. Okay. I'm not worried about them. It's just they got that hair okay. that young people have. Yeah, I love that you hair. I'm so I, jealous. I you love don't that. love that hair. I do. The hairline, it's like two inches from their eyebrow. <laughs> it's like right here, and it's so thick. Like, you can't even see their scalp at all, and it just makes me wither and die every time I see it. They do have abs, which is annoying. Yeah, yeah. They're just abs. so sinewy. I know. I'm like seeing. I'm like. I'm uh, like. These boys have fucking abs. No, they know. They abs. knew how to do Pinterest like core and shit. Core uh, like workouts. I hate them. They oh. have all the body science. They know how. All, they have all the supplements. They know how to stack all of it. So here is a. Uh, <laughs> so here's another HR story I wanted to cover on this episode. Um, this is written by some dork named Rich Henson. So I ha- I'm going to read his verbiage. Good name. So it'll make it sound like uh, I'm an ass. Uh, I mean, really, can you blame them? Little white lies about cell phone service and Wi-Fi are acceptable to half, 49% of U.S. employees to avoid workplace interruptions while on vacation, according to the 2019 Vacation Confidence Survey released by Alliance Global Assistance. (laughs) Email creep. Um... When work obligations encroach on personal time affects two thirds of workers who feel the need to check in with the office while on vacation. Hence, hence blaming limited phone service or crappy Wi-Fi has become the excuse du jour for employees this summer. The most likely to use the excuse are this right here is going to prove a Brett Payne murder Brian point forever. Millennials, 59% because they're smart. They're like the smartest. Like uh, the top of smartness, Gen Xers, 49%. Not that. Mm. 49% that are lying to work isn't. Is what? What do you oh, think of that? Th- this is the amount of people that are lying to work about checking their okay, emails. So, yeah. So you're on vacation. Your work's sending you emails. You're not getting it. They're fucking annoyed at you for not getting it. And you're like, oh, tch, couldn't check it. Crappy Wi-Fi. Yeah. What do you think of 49%? Yeah, 59% I, mean, boot, I think is a good number. Bootlickers. I mean, just 
you get to roll with it. I mean, it's one of those things where it's procedural at that point. Basically, I'm on vacation. I'm not required to do any extra effort. I wouldn't ask the same of you. Please, you know, let's just finish this when I get what back to town. What percentage of them do you think are like me and say, I ain't fucking answering that. I'm on vacation. <laughs> so 51% of people are like, hold on. I have to go. I have to take this. I have to go get a hot spot. I have to go drive to the local hot spot. I'm going to go to the library. I mean, 49% are lying. 51% are apparently like not lying from what I can tell. Yes. Okay. So there's a percentage in there. Of that 51% that are just not doing it and saying, I'm on fucking vacation. Yeah. I also, I, I do know that like people are very afraid to do that still too. So it might be a lower number than we think. That's so weird. I mean, I think it's, you know, I don't know if people are afraid to do it because everyone that does it, everyone respects like in the office. Like if they say Brian's the guy that he's like, he's on vacation, you know, we can't do anything. There is, I think, somebody, you know, there's a matter of the grinding culture. There's a, there is a lot of people that are like, well, I want to do the extra effort thing. So they take it upon themselves. I don't know if it's required. I feel like everyone can be like, motherfucker, I was on vacation. Yeah. That's vacation. It's vacation. It's vacation. Period. It's vacation. No one can, no one can hold you up for that. Well, here is where me and Brett, are right exactly and uh it is a statement we made when struggle session was on the show old people like to work they love it yeah that's the thing like i do know people that are signing up for more boomers yeah only 32 percent lie oh my god <laughs> the rest of them are answering them motherfucking emails or hopefully saying fuck you i'm not doing it I'm on vacation. You take you take your grandma on a Caribbean cruise and she's answering emails. You take grandma to watch the grandkids. She's like, oh, hold on a second. I gotta go, I gotta go answer this email. Come yeah. on. Here's the interesting stuff though. While men and women are equally honest or dishonest, with no difference between the sexes at 49% each, those earning more than fifty thousand dollars a year are significantly more likely to use yeah. the excuse compared to those oh, earning really? less than fifty fifty thousand dollars a year. That's true. I can I get that. I mean, once you make I mean, a big part of making that money, like what we talked to um with Jack and Leslie last week about, um, you do have to be in a way very confident that you are valuable so you have to kind of you do have to demand like respect and you have to kind of say uh you know thanks for the email but i'm on vacation you just have to come up with an auto reply and let people take it right like er erica erica does erica does not answer emails like she's just like fuck them because she's earned it, like once you've gotten there. This also, I have to say, none of these people are customer service people because those folks never get vacation and they don't have to check emails. <laughs> That's true. But, but people that make more than $50,000 a year being significantly more likely to say that they had bad Wi-Fi or phone connections so they couldn't answer emails uh, makes some sense to me. And it it is also... The, the underpaid people want to be grateful and the underpaid people, the ones that are going to make it like in Amazon, this is once again, it's the Amazon model, the most dedicated, the person that will not give up, the person that will not take a break 
uh, and just go on vacation, even when they make $38,000 a year, they will still check their emails. That's the one that's going to keep their job. And it says, so who's the most likely person to pull the I'm cutting out excuse? Okay. And it has it. It has the demo of it. Okay. A white, college educated. Not me. Millennial. Me. Who is married. Me. With children. Me. And working full time. Yep. For an annual salary of more than $50,000 a year. No. In the Northeast. No. Uh, a quarter of all working Americans, that's 24%, make a point not to go on vacations in places where poor cell reception or Wi-Fi access could disrupt their connection to the office. Millennials are the most likely to check email while on <laughs> vacation, but the raise it, raise, which is 74% of millennials will check email I think this while on vacation, while Gen Xers 58 and Boomer 63, with the most common reason, it makes catching up on work easier when returning yeah. to the office. Yeah, I mean, and there was a, you know, there's also a lot of unfortunate people that end up being the bottleneck in their business. And there was somebody that I knew that would take vacations, but they were constantly helicoptering from vacation because otherwise everything would cluster fuck because they were the center of it all. Uh, you know, I, I think that like, as a matter of principle, you should never question that vacation is vacation is vacation. We had a situation where uh, EverQuest was playing on our fucking show. We did not interrupt Jason's vacation at all. I told, I said, do not even tell him that it happened. Because he's on vacation. I firmly, firmly believe that when you're on vacation. You're untouchable. You disappeared. Right. When, when, a, when, a, when a person goes on vacation, right, for a company, here's what I think you should do. The only time you should ever contact them is to say, hey, you know, you do a really great job and your job is safe. You know what I mean? Because any other contact. Yeah, we're not reorganizing or anything while you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Any other contact can send somebody into a fucking tailspin. It happened to me all the time, dude. I used to, when I worked at Insight, I would leave my Nextel in the van while I was not, while I was on vacation. They hated it. They fucking got so mad. And I would never check it. But sometimes if I happen to be going to get in my car to do something, I might walk up, walk by the van and look in the, the door and see the phone in there. And if it had like alerts on it, and if one of the alerts was my supervisor, I would melt down until the end of the vacation, wondering what he wanted. Why did he get a hold of me? He knew I wasn't here. He knows I'm on vacation. Was he trying to get me to come here to fire me? What the fuck is going on here? Did I fuck up while I was there? And it like just ruins the whole vacation. There should be a law against contacting somebody while they're on vacation. There should be something For sure. that should be part of labor. Again, unless you want to call that person and say, I just want you to know how valuable you're like a really valuable person to the company. Yeah. I think you're really great. And I hope you're enjoying your vacation. <laughs> yeah, you earned it. <laughs> I've just heard too many stories of people saying like they've been on vacation and uh, they've gotten messages and they didn't answer them. And, and then they end up getting fired or end up getting in trouble at work because it's like we still need you to do this stuff, even though you're on vacation. And it's like the thing we complain so much. On Street Fight, especially, you know, the holidays and stuff. With the holidays being a few months away, 
we complain so much about that creep that that creep of work happening all the time where we're we're not getting days off anymore nobody is and and you know uh places are open on thanksgiving places are open on christmas and 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 there's just not a day out there where we get to be off and even in the time that they hand us for vacation we still don't get to have that yeah we still like we're still not you gotta make it up to take that you're gonna make yeah. it up and that is another fucking thing you you <laughs> should not it is bullshit to let people take a vacation and then make them come back and cover all the work that happened while you did not get a vacation at that point. That's not a vacation. That's not what it is. For sure. You know, if you don't fucking own this company, you don't get a fucking come back to work and then have to make up all the stuff from your vacation. I've seen my wife take time off. I've seen my wife, wife take a four days off work or something and then come back and work 12 hour days for three days. And it's like, well, what the fuck? You owe her that time then. You owe her all of that time back. You owe this person that time. Not fair. That pisses me off. For sure. Vacation is vacation, my friends. Absolutely. All right. Nah, we'll do one more thing. Because we got time to kill anyway. We got something to do after the show, so we might as well. Uh, <laughs> you don't like Marianne Williamson, right? No, she's you're bullshit. Like, you're like not a fan, even though she has some of your politics. As I mean, in. I'm down with it, but I think that <laughs> she's wrong. I, I mean, she's too surface level. It's just like, it doesn't hit hard enough. You know, I think that like when you say something like Martin Luther King ran on love, I think that's wrong. Like people got beat up for that. Uh, Martin Luther King worked with Thurgood Marshall so that like the courts could pass a lot of the things that happened. It wasn't love. It was a lot of action from people and dedication. It wasn't a, it wasn't good vibes at all. Right. Like, like I, I, I listened to the interview that she did on Chapo and had to turn it off because she did like three or four bumper stickers like. You know, well, there's a hurricane happening today, uh, or was happening, Hurricane Dorian, which I wish I knew more about, but uh, I've never seen a hurricane. I don't know about hurricanes, and I don't live where hurricanes are. I do feel for the people affected by hurricanes, but uh, it's a big hurricane. And she tweeted as she's running for president the Bahamas, Florida, Georgia, and the Carolinas may all be in our prayers now. Millions of us seeing Dorian turn away from land is not a wacky idea. It's a creative use of the power of the mind. Two minutes of prayer, visualization, meditation for those in the way of the storm. So uh, I, I think that this is exactly the same as praying. It is. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but it's, 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 it's effective. Uh, it's an effective way to tell people to dedicate their time towards that. But two minutes of thinking about it, um, I don't think it's going to do much. I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is that, that like, it doesn't feel like what she is saying. I don't want her. I don't want her to be the president. Okay. Like, I don't want anybody to be the president, but I, I don't think she should be the president of the United States. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, like, what she said is no less, like, kooky than what any other Christian president 
would no. have said in the past. No, I mean, I, I am, I mean, I do understand where she's coming from. I, I don't dislike her for the things she has to say, but I also about people that are like that as much as i enjoy the great vibrations like they aren't digging deep enough more than <laughs> like writing you know books that make them money you yeah. know yeah like I, I mean i think there needs to be a more activation of people to make this world that the way that she believes it do could things. be yeah you can't like just think things and it's gonna be great right it's the secret it's all those things like, that is funny though it does work i mean it does work it's it, it does direct my own life it like when i choose to get in those thought patterns that are positive and push towards that but it requires effort and it requires a lot more you know than just thinking about it and it is true and, and there's and people that aren't there's you know we have right now we have like all these liberal people that are like afraid of guns and they are going to let this right wing collect all the guns and live by this narrative that someday we're going to have this civil war and they're just going to sit idly by and pretend like nothing is happening around them except for that they wanted it to be a happy place yeah. you know and it's like we have to make it a happy place we have to like stand up and demand it to be a happy place not just will it or think about it i mean it's funny because i very early on in street fight i think had this thing in my mind that we would actually not me and brett personally but that like if there was a mass sort of pop culture or just cultural moment they got everybody to think completely differently like in this way that we yeah. think and stuff that everything changes overnight it does but i think i think that's true i mean i don't think it's false i i don't think it's bullshit that like if you could get and have these conversations and get people to feel this way that things would change right but i think it like also is like an amount there is an amount a certain amount of work and there's a certain amount of like uh, uh actual action that needs to take place and i also again the reason i brought this up because she deleted this tweet is that like framing her framing what she said as being some weird kooky thing when all of our presidents have been christian men seems to me well, very weird because I think and, Christianity is just as kooky as that. And you know what? And I've always, I honor anybody's call for that. So when somebody like that asks for two minutes to contemplate on it, I am thinking about what's going on there and it will probably move me to do something about it. You know, like I, I don't think it's like unnecessary to have that in the world. I mean, uh, the, the cultural change is a necessary thing, but, um, you know, it's a matter of challenge, really challenging people and making them feel uncomfortable, which I don't feel a lot of that does. No, I don't, I, I don't do think that. a lot of that, it doesn't make people feel uncomfortable in a way that we need right now. Um, you know, uh, actually, we did wrestling this week and I, there was a lady in the aisle next to us that sat down during the national anthem. Like I was real fucked. I was on two hits of acid and it started playing. And then I was like, what's going on? And then I realized the national anthem was playing. So I like shot down and sat down in my seat. And when I looked over, there was a lady over there. And uh, at the end of the wrestling show, I went over and introduced myself. And I was like, hey, thanks. It was nice to see somebody else who was sitting down. And she was like, oh, yeah, I've been doing that forever. You know, yeah, uh, she's you like and her like really bonded, though, because Brett 
for some reason decided to not like any of the guys that she liked and they were kind of fighting the whole sure. night in a weird way. Fun, good naturedly. Like, oh, fuck him. Brett's like, oh, fuck you. And she's like, hey, don't say that to him. And then Brett's like, hey, yeah, fuck him. And well, so, let's. It was good. Can we do the wrestling story? Yeah. Let's yeah, start. Let's start it. at the beginning. So uh, we went to the reason that this whole struggle session tour happened was because we went to go see AEW wrestling. And on the way in Chicago, Illinois, there are toll roads everywhere. And so we stopped at one. And uh, what happened? A cop looked in the window and said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I didn't answer at all, actually, because I fucking I'm driving and paying a toll is what I'm doing. And uh, he said, where's your seatbelt? And it wasn't on. I didn't put it on. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't wear my seatbelt a lot of time. He, he's allowed wearing, to. I, 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 I wear mine. Uh, yes, he does. A lot of people wear theirs. I do not. Uh, I'm old. That's why. Sure. That's all I'm going to say is that I'm pre-seatbelt laws, pre-strict seatbelt laws. I think 72 is when they came okay, in. Okay, well, I think they're bullshit, okay? okay? Like, I was a big, I was big. If I would have been around when the seatbelt laws were passed, I would have been a guy that would be against it. Sure. I'd be fucking yelling. I'd be Absolutely. like Ron Paul out there just screaming on TV about this thing. Uh -huh. But truthfully, I do want to wear my seatbelt, and I do put it on a lot of times. I just haven't made it a habit in my life. If I'm going to be completely honest, it's sure. just like not a habit. So I have to, you know, make a concerted effort to do it. I did not do it that time. Yeah, we're at the we're at the stop. He's like throwing 60 cents. He's like paying this lady. And this, <laughs> what does he lean over and say to you? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, that's it. And I said, nothing. I'm paying. He's like, pull up over here. You're not wearing a seatbelt. And what bothered me about it more than anything was, yes, I... I'm going to admit that I was not wearing a seatbelt. That was wrong. I should have been wearing a seatbelt. I know that's the law. I know he had every right to get me. He did win there. It is not fair to get somebody when they have to reach in their pocket to get money out of their yeah. pocket to pay a person for a seatbelt violation. That's what I have to say, anybody. You need to practice saying this. You need to practice saying, oh, I took it off to get into my wallet. Right. Because if you say, that's what I've always said is like, they're like, why aren't you wearing your seatbelt? I'm like, well, I took it off to get my fucking ID out. And well, like, and they, All right, got fine. A, they got a people in front of us too. They yeah, they, they got like a few people. Group. They were just getting people. And they at this point, that. I did actually have two hits of acid. Um, I also had like uh, an extra four hits of acid with me and a little vial, like a little extra old cocaine vial in my in my bag. I had Ativan in my pocket illegally, not Yeah, prescription. And so we're sitting there, and all I'm thinking is, like, they want us to bust out of this car. Like, as soon as I get out of this car, it's going to be handcuff time. Actually, what he kept saying, which I found weird, because I don't think they actually wanted us to get out of the car, but Brett kept saying, like, they want us to get out of this fucking car so they can arrest us. Well, I just wanted to, st I wanted it to be over. They, they let us sit there for, like, 14 minutes, and it just kept boiling over to the point where I wanted to just get out and say, can we finish this? Can I just give you my fucking debit card right now? We can fucking go. Can I throw some cash at you, you motherfucker? God damn it. I forgot to bring that over here too. But it's a hundred and it's a over a hundred. It's a hundred and sixty five dollar ticket. Yep. Yep. It's fucking absolute bullshit. And uh, again, this is like when I got fired from Kroger for going to Lollapalooza. Okay. I... Should not have been fired because I did when when I called in and said I was sick. I did. I had a hangover and I know I sounded really sick, 
because I had a hangover and they fired me anyway because they said I was fake calling off. And I always got mad about that because I was like, I have sick time. I'm allowed to fucking call off work. I, I, I'm sick, kind of, you know, in a couple hours, I'm going to get up and be fine and go see Lollapalooza. But as of right now, I'm fired. And that's what it felt like to me. It was like, yes, I'm breaking the law, but you got me. Like in an, a really unfair spot. Yeah. There. Bullshit manner. Yeah. So, so we ended up pulling away and we drive all the way to the venue. We drive all the way to the venue. And when we get there, we're looking for parking. And Brian drives down the side street. We pull to this place. He's like, it's $20 on the left. It's, tw- it's $10 on the right. We pull into the place and Brian's like, do you have $10? I hand him a 20. This guy. We, he rolls down the window. He jumps in. He goes, oh, hey, guys, what's going on? And we're like, uh, we wanted to park. And Brian hands him $20. And he takes the money and he goes, fuck that. You guys are fucking cool. I don't want your money. What's going on right now? Are you like, what are you fucking doing right now? He told uh, us we looked very cool he's and like, that we deserve to not have to pay. He's like, yeah, he was like, you guys look fucking cool. I'm not going to charge you. He's like, what are you getting into? And I'm like. Uh, well, I'm on a couple hits of acid right now. You want some acid, man? He was like, oh, shit. The last time I did that, I ended up naked in jail. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that to you. And he was like, oh, no, you're cool, man. I'll tell you what. Anytime you come here, just say, hey, buddy said I could park here. You can park for free, man. You never have to pay again. And we're like, okay, sounds great. We were actually theorizing that that is the secret parking guy code. Yes. Where, like, if you go anywhere, you can be like, anywhere. Hey, buddy told me that I could just park here and then you can park for free. Buddy's it's not like the name of it. It's a carny code, possibly. <laughs> I mean, parking guys are a special breed. Like, people that run parking. Are, here's the thing about the parking, though. The alley across the street had, like, a really professional-looking sign. And it cost $20 to park there. The alley, the parking lot that we pulled into had a very makeshift looking sign and it was only $10. So my guess (laughs) is that that guy just set up shop on his own and got enough money where he felt okay. It was just like, go ahead and park cool, dude. It was weird because when we were leaving, we walked past him and he was sitting in the front passenger seat of a car. He was sitting in the driver's seat of a car, just counting money and laughing hysterically. So He was going, (laughs) 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 just like 20s and fucking just laughing as ass off and i couldn't figure out like why didn't take our fucking money we need to get a sign i think that's what we need now we need a vest i'll give anybody with a vest anybody that he had a vest (laughs) he did he was wearing a vest and he had a big fucking pile of money (laughs) he didn't have any tickets on him or anything to put in your window or anything but he had a big stack of money and he had a vest and charged the people that pulled in in front of us the the uh, the other guys came pulling. Oh in yeah, and charged them. Everyone else got charged. <laughs> he fucking told us we look cool and just let us park. He said, "Back in, man. They don't even block this road after the show. You guys are gonna get out of here quicker than everybody else." <laughs> that guy rocked, man. Thank so, you, buddy. When we did end up in wrestling, we met some guys from Long Island, yeah. New Jersey, or where were they from? They were from Long Island. Long Island. And uh, they were like, hey, man, hey, hey, I love fucking coming out for wrestling, though. There's, there's no good drugs around, though. The wrestling shows are really dried up. And I'm like, well, I can give you some acid, man. He's like, really? And so I went into the porter potty. And I gave him and his buddy some acid. And they threw it right in their mouths as soon as they got it. And 
they were probably the worst possible people to give acid. I got to start not using my real name. I'm going to start coming up with a code name if I hand out drugs to people because they would seem like real assholes. But, but I bet they, they were have, having the best They had time. the best we time of their life. Them like 200 more times during the show. Yeah, every smoke break, we would catch up with them. And they were like, dude, the fucking lights. They're crazy, man. <laughs> it was cool. That match, what would you think of that match? I thought it was great. Hmm. I can't wait to meet them after the show at the after party yeah which you know don't go to the after party all right we're done it was fun it was a good show loved it uh thanks everybody supporting us uh we are doing that fundraiser right now for kayla please help her out uh give money at venmo venmo at street fight radio your funds i want to get that rent paid uh let's do this shit uh you can find more of what we do on social media we're at street fights wcrs on facebook twitter instagram snapchat all that shit you can find us on twitch we're at street fight radio we'll see you on sunday for the call-in show uh peace